to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empower you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I am Francine Belay, your host, digital and change strategist, specialized in personal branding. I am also a speaker and author of the book, Personal Branding in the Digital Age, How to Become a Non-Expert, Thrive and Make a Difference in a Connected World. I am super thrilled to bring you inspirational stories, strategies, and practical tips to get more meaning in your work and in your life, earn more money, and lead a movement to change the world. I am on a mission to help purpose-driven entrepreneurs who struggle to attract their ideal clients. When they work with me, they find a clear, profound message that positions them as an authority in their field, easily attract their ideal clients and impact thousands of people globally. One of the biggest problems I see with purpose-driven entrepreneurs is that They've got big ideas and great vision. But when you look at their brand, you can't see any of that. Which means they are putting all this work, their heart and their soul into it, but they are not really seeing the return because nobody knows what they do. It doesn't have to be that way. And I would love to help you with that. I am offering a mini brand audit session so I can look at where you are with your brand where you want to be and together we look at the biggest things that are getting in your way. It is completely free and it's 30 minutes that can radically change the way you see your brand and how others see it as well. To apply for a mini brand audit, go to francinebelli.com slash audit. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash audit. Well, today I have the great pleasure to welcome Dr. Wale Akinyemi. He is the Chief Transformation Officer at Power Talks, and he is a speaker, author of 15 books. Yes, you heard well, 15 books. Uh, he's a newspaper columnist and media personality and a passionate dreamer. So he lives to inspire his world to actually, uh, be, and he believes that there is no point of in dying if you never live. <laughs> I love that. Hi, Wale. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you for being on the show. Welcome to Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so tell us in your own words what you currently do. Well, um, I, my background, I mean, my background is in social statistics, all right, and then I did a lot of leadership and strategy stuff. So I run a consulting firm, and um, we help organizations in particularly leadership development within the context of also organizational culture. So a lot of people we noticed that a lot of organizations were spending so much money to develop strategy, not realizing that strategy works within the context of culture. So if the strategy is right and the culture is wrong, the strategy will not work. Mm. So as an organization, we zeroed in on that. 
Um, so, but I wear many hats. That is one. Mm -hmm. Then you rightly said I'm an author, and uh, I'm actually on. I've actually done eighteen books. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay. So you are on your way for twenty before the end of the year, I suppose. <laughs> we actually have three more that are just about to come out. <laughs> So by the end of the year, I think we'll have about 21, 22 books. <laughs> That's super. <laughs> yeah. How many books do you write per year, would you say? Um, you know, what happens is I just keep writing. I just keep writing. So even though there are 18 books that are, you know, already out, mm -hmm. um, on my computer, I probably have about 10 more books that have yeah. just been, you know, but... I just feel, let me wait, you know, I'll add some more flesh to it here and there. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So that's awesome. That is super awesome, uh, Wale. That's really impressive, actually, uh, what you're doing. And yes, talking about organization culture is key. You know, the culture, you know, if not addressed, uh, nothing else is going to work. And um, Absolutely. How, how have you seen, obviously, now we are in this pandemic, worldwide pandemic, how have you seen this changing, this culture or, you know, obviously now a lot of people are working uh, remotely. How that has impacted the culture, would you say, uh, the col organization culture, this pandemic? Well, you know, at the end of the day, culture is uh, a way of thinking that influences our behavior. So when somebody does something in the office, the action is the result of a thought process. So what we do with culture is to alter the thought process. So to answer your question, the truth is, if a person had mediocre thinking before COVID, he will still have mediocre thinking right now. <laughs> you know, because what COVID has simply done is create a new landscape, create a new world, but um, we need to think differently. So one of the things that I have been doing a lot of during this period, oh my goodness, is um, working with leaders, especially top leaders. Now they suddenly realize, oh my God, I need a coach. I need somebody to guide me through this tunnel of unpredictability and all that. So we do a lot of that now. Um, I think this situation has forced a lot of organizations to think differently. You know, I tell you what, Francine, do you know, for years I've been shouting my, at the top of my voice, saying to organizations, are you ready for a disruption? If disruption comes, how, how flexible are you? How quickly can you change direction? They thought I was a prophet of doom. Of course, nobody saw that the disruption was going to come the way it came. But hey, it has come. They thought I was a prophet of doom. So once this thing happened, oh my God, guys began to call and say, you know what? Um, can you help me? Can you navigate, help us navigate through this process? So at the end of the day, I think um, different scenarios. There are some people who came into the COVID era 
who were champions before COVID who will lose relevance after COVID. Then there are those who were nobodies before COVID. They will become champions after COVID. Then there are those who will just remain the way they were. Yes, I thought that that's super. So, and in a way, yes, when I was also talking about culture, actually, uh, because I don't know people that you work with, um, you know, especially now that they have to lead people remotely. In the past, people or organizations were quite reluctant to give flexibility, perhaps in the workplace. So now, where everybody has to work from home, perhaps I don't know how is in your area, people that you are working with. But yeah. at least in this part of the world, in Europe, you know, a lot of people are in, in, in you know, working remotely and they need yeah. extra support as well. You know, mental support is not just yeah. about the work. It's all about how do you cater for your employee whilst they are not right there in front of you, how managers have to develop different type of skills as Absolutely. well to cater for these new kind of challenges that are or opportunities that are right I, in front of them. Bank. I have a bank that I'm working with a uh, hundred and twenty bank managers, you know, um, during this period. And it's exactly what you're saying that, um, even the way, you know, <laughs> we're used to seeing people telling them, Hey, please come here, do this. Now you can't see them, you know, you can only see them electronically. <laughs> that takes a different mindset. It takes a different level of discipline. Even small, small things, you know, Francine, your background there is fantastic. You understand what I'm saying? People don't know, you know, and you know, you are the guru in personal branding. A lot of people don't know that just by having the wrong background, when they are having a Zoom call like this, can disqualify them, you know? It can distract the people. It can, you know, I mean, we're having a meeting with somebody and in the back, you know, there were clothes on a line, you know. They, who, who does that? Or some knickers. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So these are the things that we have to now begin to teach people, things they probably would not have looked at before yes that's totally <laughs> so tell me wally what is your purpose here on earth somebody told me that recently that we should never ask people now what do you do but rather ask people what's your purpose what's yours <laughs> transforming africa one mind at a time yeah <laughs> one mind that's why time. i'm here yeah <laughs> transforming africa one mind at a time so that means and how do I measure? How do I know if I am succeeding? You see, that is what guides everything I do. When I write books, when I'm training, when I'm coaching leaders, um, I have a very large social media following. I create content for social media. Everything I'm doing, I'm doing it through the lens of transforming their thinking. Mm -hmm. So, Everybody who comes in contact with me, the goal is that there will be a before Wale and an after Wale scenario. <laughs> that after I met Wale, I began to think like this. Mm -hmm. So whether I am dealing with a head of state, a prime minister, a CEO, 
or I am dealing with a student, a young entrepreneur, whatever, that is the lens by which I do everything I do. That's cool. So it's intentional living. So you have a clear purpose of what you do and why you do what you do, actually. Absolutely. And that, that is, you know, key, actually. Unfortunately, many people don't have this clearly defined uh, purpose or outlined yeah. that. So but it's wonderful. So uh, now, before we move on, uh, tell, can you tell me which job did you want to do when you were a kid? <laughs> if you can remember. You know, it's funny. I initially wanted to join the Air Force and um, I had done the exam for the Nigerian Defense Academy. I had been selected but my mother looked at me she said Wale you are very radical in the way you think. If you join the military you are the kind of person that can plan a coup so you are not going. <laughs> you know so that was it but um i have always loved and i think for me i've always loved to be creative i've always loved i've always been in leadership roles at different times in my life so i think it was just natural for me this was just a natural progression and like i always tell everybody i there's no human being I envy. I am living in the center of my purpose. You know, um, if I were to die and come back, I would do exactly the same thing I am doing right now. Mm, what a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing. I'm sure we're going to learn a little bit more how you came to this, uh, you know, journey to this kind of place where it takes a long, long journey to get to this place. I'm sure that <laughs> you're going to tell us a little bit more about that in a moment. Um, so um, tell me, what is one thing that people don't know about you? I'm an introvert. Are you? Really? Ah, a lot of people, because of the nature of my work, mm -hmm. I need to um, be outgoing, but that's not the real me. Mm. So, you see, uh, I, I learned something many years ago that if I'm going to succeed, I must identify the things that I, I, I don't like to do that I need to learn to do then I also need to identify the things that I like to do that I need to stop doing. I found out that that was my master key for success. So personally, I can spend, this is my study, I can spend a whole week in my study and not go out, and not miss a thing. I enjoy my own company. But because they see me on TV, they see the stuff I'm doing, no, people will not believe that that is the kind of person I am. So that's one thing I think a lot of people don't know about me. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fantastic. What are some of the things that you, you enjoyed that you stopped doing <laughs> outside of being introvert and being in your own company? <laughs> Sleep. Sleep. <laughs> You don't, you no longer sleep. <laughs> well, I sleep, but now I control sleep. Sleep does not control me. 
Really? So how long did you used to sleep before? <laughs> oh my God, you know, I was so good at sleeping. If you saw me sleeping, you would want to benchmark me. I used to sleep so well, you know. But now, um, I've learned, I, okay, people may say, it's a, you know, that I don't get enough sleep. But let me tell you what I do. I go to bed latest at about 9.30 p.m. every day, okay? Between 9 and 9.30, I go to bed. Then um, between 2.30 and 3, I'm in my study. Oh. So that's when I am reading, I am writing, I'm doing all that. And then in the afternoon, I try to get at least about 45 minutes to one hour of sleep, you know, in the afternoon. Mm. So that's the way I... Yeah, you have, I find, you have find the way of uh, having a system <laughs> to manage that sleep, have enough sleep uh, and do some kind of power nap in between <laughs> to keep... Uh, yeah, that's, that's wonderful, actually. And, oh, uh, yes. And then again, I don't, I don't drive. Okay, because Nairobi traffic can be crazy. So, um, when I am sitting in the car, I sit at the back of the car, it's either a time to catch up with work or catch up with sleep, you know? Yes, yes, so yes. I've learned how to just yes. maximize every minute of my day. That's, oh. I think that's it. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's wonderful. So now let's talk about meaningful work, meaningful life. So when did you realize, Wally, who you are and what you are meant to do in this life? If that has come already, obviously, you know, you have clarified your purpose earlier. But when did you really realize who you are and what you're meant to do? It was, um, it was a journey. Like I said, my life has followed a trajectory and all that. But I think everything got very clear for me uh, when I turned 40. All right, everything got very, very clear. Because before 40, by the time I was 40, I had made money, I had lost money. I have been there, done that. You know, and you get to a point, and I think it was by elimination. You look at your life and you look at the you look at things you may not know, and somebody might be listening and say, you know, I, I don't know how to arrive at that point. You get to a point in life, you know exactly what it is you want, but you know what you don't want. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I and that. then as you begin to eliminate the things you don't want, you will end up with the things you want. Mm -hmm. Now, by the time I turned 40, I had to reflect on a lot of things. And I asked myself certain tough questions. What is important? You know? And that was a very key thing. I lost a lot of money because I did not play along with corruption in a particular case. And, you know, when you lose, you know, a lot of money on that level, then people were asking me, why didn't you just uh, cooperate with the people that wanted the bribe? You know, and my answer was this. 
a lot of people get into corruption and things like that. They are not able to say no because they do. They have not said yes to something else. Yeah. You see, when you have said a strong yes to something, the strength of your yes will determine the ease of your no. Mm -hmm. I have said yes to being a great father to my children, mm -hmm. a great husband to my wife, a great mentor to people who are looking up to me. Yes. You know, I've said yes to that. The yes is so strong. So saying no is so easy for me, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, but that realization happened when I was hitting 40, mm. because I had tried to play for the gallery. I had tried to please people. I had tried, you know, to be liked and yeah. all that. But by the time I got to 40, I said, you know what? Now I'm going to live my life on my own terms, you know? And it was well defined. And so the good news, that was many years ago, the good news is that somebody watching now who is, you know, you don't have to wait till 40, you can do it at 20. Yes. I'm encouraging my children to do it in their 20s. That's it. Yeah. You know, because another thing I believe is that experience, hey, experience is only the best teacher when it is somebody else's experience. Otherwise, my sister, experience is the most painful teacher. Yes. And absolutely. so my philosophy is learn by instruction. So you will not have to go through painful experience. But when you refuse to learn by instruction, then you will have to go through it. And I've always said it that the wise person learns from the mistakes of others. But the fool insists on making his own. Mm -hmm. and oh, and you know what you're saying is so true and uh, now you are you know in this fortunate position that you can be the role model for your kids but you know perhaps in your own time your parent didn't have that uh, you know ability to be mentor to yourself so you have to learn that the own you know the painful way so now you know being you know in front of those people who have ears to listen <laughs> and uh, you know and are seeking for mentors so you are there they can just grab you and uh, you know get you as a mentor which is uh, really oh yeah it's powerful and this is also you know one of the reasons also i'm doing this podcast is like bringing all kind of diversity of thought of uh, pathways that people have taken because there's not one single pathway to get to yeah. meaningful work or meaningful life so this is what i love having like different people from different type of backgrounds you know unbelievable different people and you know and looking at that people can actually mirror and say oh well okay so my case is not just unique so all yes. those people have so totally different paths so therefore you can also carve your own because that's the realization and everybody that i've interviewed in this um, podcast all have to take their own path in the end you know stop living for uh, other people's expectation or the other people wanted them to do and uh, really decide that they're going to go their own way 
when they're happy or fortunate to find a good mentor that, you know, lots of people have, you know, uh, reported that to be really like a turning point in their life. And I think that, you know, mentoring is really like one of the key things that if we are fortunate to mentor the young generation, that's, that's, that's unvaluable, actually. So uh, what have you struggled with the most in life, would you say, Wally? Insecurity. Mm. Tell me more. How, how does that, how did that manifest your insecurities? Insecurity and um, a feeling of rejection. You know, um, you know, this feeling of you don't belong, you know, and um, so for a lot, for a long time, I was trying to prove a point to others. I wanted to belong, you know, um, and I, I dealt with that for quite a while, you know, uh, and how did I get over it, you know? It was a process, but, you know, I, I remember, you know, I used to envy a lot of, you know, some people who are my friends when we were younger, and I used to envy them, and I felt, oh gosh, I don't belong, you know, so that insecurity came in, and then you're trying to do things to belong, mm -hmm. but... I remember, you know, um, a few people really helped me in getting my identity back. And that was, you know, I looked at it and I said, wait a minute, you know, and this is not, it's not that I had some bright idea. Like I said, I had people that helped me. My pastor, who is still my pastor today, over 30 years, <laughs> I've had the same pastor. You know, he was very young when he started. <laughs> yes, you know, and you know, it's been same thing. That's where I met my wife, you know, and we've been married now for 28 years, you know. Yeah. But I began to learn that I must not take my identity from what people think about me. Yeah. And one thing that helped me one day, I was watching a football match. And everything just opened up to me. In the football match, if you watch a match in the stadium, it is so noisy. It is so, so, so noisy. But the noise is not coming from the players. Mm -hmm. The noise is coming from the spectators. Yes. Now the spectators paid money to come and watch the match. Mm -hmm. The players will be paid money for playing the match. They are too busy trying to score goals. They have no time to listen to the criticism of the crowd. <laughs> and that did it for me, that Wale, you need to begin to focus on your goals, scoring goals. I remember my very, very first job, we were told to do, it was a research institute, and my bosses, there was this huge research project that the government wanted. My bosses told me, you know, my boss, you know, I was told to just go ahead and do this. So I did it. When I did it, it was submitted to the government of the day and it was celebrated. 
my you know my bosses were celebrated what i did not know was that by the time that thing was taken to the government my name had been removed <laughs> so i remember my mom was my sweet mom was alive i went to my mom i cried my eyes out i felt so cheated yeah you know then my mother said to me get over it she said when a chicken lays an egg if you take the egg from the chicken does it cry i said no no what does it do it lays another one so wale wipe those silly tears from your face you have many more eggs inside you go and lay them and for me that was one of the key things that got me out of my insecurities mm. the fact that there is more inside me i've been so focused on listening to what the spectators are saying that i've been distracted from scoring goals once i began to score goals guess what i did not want to belong at that stage people now wanted to belong and identify with me so the tables were turned wow what a beautiful uh, story my gosh a mesmerizing story i love that uh, metaphor of the goal scoring your goal and let other spectators cry and shout and also your mom <laughs> saying that you have another egg inside you i love that i love 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 yeah. that <laughs> that is wonderful and powerful actually you had you know that actually at least you know uh, inside that yes you are going to go for another one so that's wonderful and you don't you didn't find yourself just lamenting um <laughs> on your sword there that's wonderful so can you think of one of the biggest biggest actually uh, event in your life now that you had to face and you went at a very very low point outside of this moment that you know this guy just remove your 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 name from your dissertation or your thesis or your research and um, at this very low point that you reach and then you get also a bigger aha moment that changed the course of your life or if that was it that may be it but i just wanted to know if you can remember one of these big turning points in your life again you know it's better not to have than to have and then you lose it because it totally messes you up so the turning point was that point when i said i lost a lot of money mm. now i did not just lose money i lost confidence i lost everything you know um i i i went from a point where my lifestyle was at this level and it totally disappeared that was a turning point and i would tell you when i look back at my life today you know francine i think 
it was the best thing that ever happened to me mm. um, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Number one, I was, it made me see life in a totally different way. Um, it made me see that, wow, there are a lot of people who are with you not because of who you are, but because of what you have. Mm. You know, I would put down my phone. When we have sessions like this, I have to put my phone off because uh, I would have calls coming in from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Those days, I will put my phone down and for a whole day, nobody has called me. Then I would pick up the phone thinking the phone has a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Only to realize the phone is perfectly okay. But when you don't have it, people, frankly speaking, don't give a damn about you. It was a turning point and it made me sift my relationships, but it also did something. It put a compassion in my heart for people who were struggling, who were going through stuff that I had gone through or who just needed some reassurance in life mm. that those are the things it did to me so i became a more compassionate person mm -hmm. i am very concerned about people i have a lot of people that we you know get to support in different ways it was not easy i went look i went through hell you know, I owed money all over the place because, you know, I had millions of dollars that just was cut off. So I owed money from in different currencies. You know, I was at my lowest. It was a bad time, mm. you know. But when I look back, the wale you see today I don't think we would have this wally if I had not gone through that reality check. Mm, that's wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, actually. Yes, uh, you know, those struggle that we go through sometimes our our biggest teachers, and they are there to teach us some lessons, painful lessons, usually. We don't pay attention oh, yeah. if they are not painful sometimes. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and learn or teach us this compassion, as you say, you know, and you can now yeah. understand people have been at this lower place because you oh, have experienced yeah. that. This is not intellectual thinking. You haven't read it in a book. <laughs> You've gone through that yourself. So you really totally yeah. understand how it feels. Wow, yes, that, that's a really amazing acting as well. And to other people who are listening, to know that no matter how low we can go, we can also come back. 
So, you know, we, we never stay at that low point. You know, what we think that might be the lowest point today. Lots of people lost their job through COVID and all of different things mm -hmm. going on. So we can still hope and believe that we will come out on the other way as well. So that's, um, you know, very, um, you know, insightful, Wale. So what would you say now, um, you, you know, has how your childhood has prepared you to be who you are today and being the Wale that we see now, fully fledged Wale now? Oh, fantastic. I mean, if you look in the background, I have books everywhere. My wife says I'm behaving like an eccentric professor. I have books <laughs> everywhere but you know what i got that from home the you know the hunger and the value for knowledge i got that from my parents the value of you have already done work for the government you have finished the work but before they pay you they want you to bribe them and walking out of that I got that from my parents, all right? Um, family first. You know, my life revolves around my family. I, I don't joke my, my, with my family. I have a show on Facebook called Super Homes, you know, that I do with my wife on my resource page oh, on Facebook. Okay, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll add that later, yes. Uh, yes. Give me the link later, I will check. Yes, Wale <laughs> Akiemi resource page, I have a show with my wife every week, super homes, mm. where we just do family stuff because those are the things I learned. Look, let me tell you one thing I learned. Mm -hmm. If you fail outside and the home front is intact, you will bounce back. And that's what happens to me. Mm -hmm. If you fail outside and the home front is not intact the possibilities of your bouncing back become compounded they become more difficult mm. you know and so whether one is uh in a house you're married or you're in a single home the important thing is make sure the home is such a warm place that everybody in that home does not have to put up a show. Yeah. They can be real. So I got that from home also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yes, uh, make sure that the home uh, is real and a uh, strong foundation. Wonderful, but wonderful, wonderful insight. So now let's talk about the uh, money. So uh, what are the current ways that you are making money? Oh, books. Um, my, I, I'm like I said, I, I write a lot of books and I'm very fortunate. My books sell so, even before I finish, they sell so much all over the world. So I'm very happy and fortunate in that area. Like I said, the consulting work with companies, that's one way. And then we have a, I have a, a coaching network. All right of, like I said, CEOs, top government people that have subscribed to this um, Wale Akemi coaching network. So that's another way. 
Mm, yeah. yeah, that's that's lovely. Yes, uh, different streams of income, which actually brings me oh, yeah. to uh, the next question, which is that sometimes people have a passion of uh, you know doing something that they love, but you know find it difficult to get paid well for it, and other time people have not don't like or love what they are doing, but get paid a lot for it. So how can we do both what we love and get paid well for it, like you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, for the person that is working right now who probably doesn't like what they're doing but they're getting paid I've always said use your job to fund your dreams you know use your job to fund your dreams so yeah I'm working I don't like it but it's paying me you know and on this other side I have my dream that I love but it's not paying me but that doesn't stop me from doing it so work here, fund the dreams, and a time may come when the dream will be able to take care of you, you know, that passion you have. But um, if, it's, if it's not able to, and it's a, because you see, something you do that does not make money for you is a hobby. All yes, right? yes. So you got to decide, do I want to pursue this as a hobby or do I want to pursue it as a stream of income? All right. Now, if you're going to pursue it as a stream of income, there are a lot of considerations you need to make. You know, a lot of considerations. The first consideration is why this business? Why? You know, because if you're not able to answer the why, let me tell you the the, the, the one thing I have seen that is not a good enough motivation for starting a business, and you are going to be shocked when I tell you. Can I what? tell you? Yes, tell me. <laughs> what is it? Making money. Yes, that's true. That's true. Making that's, money that... is not a good enough reason. No, it's a result, actually. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, because yeah. at the end of the day, yeah. You find out that if money is your only motivation mm. for going into a business, it may take time for the money to come. And that way you will give up. Mm -hmm. If money is the only motivation, then your business goes through turbulence like what I did. You know, we went through turbulence. Then you will give up. Mm. So it is so important to answer, like I said earlier on, what are you saying yes to? Mm. What is your yes? Define your yes. When I do business, let me tell you, my business is so that, you see, and money must never be an end. You know, money must always be a means to an end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I am doing business because I want to be able to, I want to be able to be the answer the solution to the problems of, of people. Mm. I, I, I have young people that I've had the privilege of, of supporting. I've paid school fees for so many people. I don't know how many. We've paid rent for young people, people in the slums, people in... We've done all that. You know, that's what money empowers you to do. You know, so um, very, very crucial. If the only reason you have for wanting to go into a business is so you can make money, 
so you can drive, um, drive the latest Range Rover or the latest Bentley or Rolls Royce, then it's a very small vision. When I had my turnaround at the age of 40, one of the things that occurred to me, I looked at all the people that had impacted my life, that have inspired me, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, and all these people. Nobody was talking about the car they drove or their designer or who designed their clothes. Mm -hmm. It's irrelevant. Yeah. What people were talking about is the impact they had on other lives. Mm. And so that did it for me. Mm. All right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's very good insight, Wally. <laughs> very uh, insightful answers. Um, so now, um, uh, let's talk about movement. Which movement are you leading or would like to be part of? We have something now which we call the street university. The street university, we have been kind of quiet about it for a while, but it is, it is raising a movement of transformational thinkers. All right? It's raising a movement of people who will have impact. Like you said, one of my mantras has been What's the point in dying if you never lived? You know? And then I also believe that what is important is not your presence. What is important is your impact. If your absence does not make a difference, your presence was not necessary. Yeah. You know? So I, um, we have this street university where people come. It's online. It's, I mean, people come from all over. They gather and I share thoughts with them. I bring people to share thoughts with them and we are transforming thinking. All right. We meet every Tuesday, every Thursday, uh, 5.30 p.m. East Africa time. That's GMT plus, plus three, you know, on Zoom. Now, it is awesome. You have CEOs, you have leaders from different places all come together that's the movement and everybody in that place then we have what we call zero to hero this is a program for young people particularly in the slums all right because one of the things i teach them in the slums is if your mind leaves the slum your body cannot stay there mm, yeah. you know so that is part of what we are doing that is fantastic how do you get um, um how do we get to get to this street university is there a link or how do people... I'll, I'll send you the i'll send yeah. you the links okay i'll send you the links yeah yeah so then i'll put them in the show notes actually and so people right. can access them that is fantastic that street university uh, and uh the model of it great so um how would you want to be remembered for as a man that changed the way Africans think. <laughs> That's lovely, yeah. And you are doing it already, <laughs> which is the, the whole point of it, right? So, uh, you know, because you are living it already. That's great. <laughs> so um, now can you tell us actually, Wale, what you learned from all your experiences that you most want to transmit to others? What I learned, I think um, a few lessons. Number one is that 
don't take yourself too seriously. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, life should be fun. <laughs> Another thing, Francine, let me tell you something I, I, I learned, mm -hmm. is that the minute you begin to take yourself seriously, then you will begin to stunt your own growth. No matter, you know, you need to be deaf to the praises of men and the criticisms of men. All right? Both, you need to be deaf to both. Because, listen, no matter yeah. how great you're doing, I tell, I, I, tell, I tell my students at the street university, yeah. if you are the best in Nairobi, are you the best in this region? If you are the best here, are you the best in Kenya? If you are the best in Kenya, are you the best in East Africa? If you are the best in East Africa, are you the best in Africa? If you are the best in Africa, are you the best in the world? And even if you are the best in the world, are you the best in history? So yeah. that means I never arrive. Never. <laughs> never, ever, yeah. <laughs> That's great to put things in perspective, actually. <laughs> when you compare that that way, obviously there's much, much way to actually look forward to. That's wonderful. So now, um, uh, what is your definition of meaningful work, meaningful life? It is very, very simple that my work, the work that I'm doing is giving meaning to my life. And you see, when my life has a meaning, I'm able to transmit that to everybody I come in contact with. I will not be here saying the things I'm doing. And, you know, I won't be able to inspire people if I was struggling. I've not found meaning in my life. I've not done that. There is no difference between my vocation and my vacation. You see, that's where I am. You, I, I, I love what I do so much that you look if you tell me that my last birthday um members of my of our club and our church got together and sent my wife and i for a beautiful vacation in a resort okay now it is what do i do for work francine i am reading all these books i am developing myself so i can develop people they sent me for vacation. I had a bag full of books. Because <laughs> there is no difference yeah. Yeah. between what I do for fun mm. and what I do for work. Yeah. Even when I am watching something on TV, I only watch things that teach me something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Even my entertainment educates me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I so much resonate to what you say, actually, because for me, actually, as well, work and life is like the same thing. So yeah. you can't just separate. This is why this is called meaningful work, meaningful life, because I don't know if I don't, I'm not doing meaningful work. What's the point of having a meaningful life? So the, 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 there's no separation. And uh, I also carry books. Now I'm fed up of carrying books. They are all in my Kindle and my Audible. <laughs> <laughs> so then I can keep other clothes in my bag. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful, Wale. Very, very insightful. So any last piece of guidance that you'd like to pass on to our listener to do more meaningful work and live a meaningful life? You must 
always live our lives with the consciousness of the fact that we need to be a solution provider in our world. When we live with the consciousness of, I am on earth to provide solutions, whether for the individual, for the organization, for the government, or for whatever. When you live with that consciousness, it will affect every single thing that you do. That's, I think, my That is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Now, let's share any kind of uh, resources that um, you would like uh, to leave our listeners to and uh, tell us when we can find you as well. Well, like I said, on Facebook, we're very strong there. Wale Akinyemi resource page on Facebook. If you follow that, then you will see uh, tons and tons of articles, of videos and all that. Then on Twitter, Wale Akinyemi, uh, at Wale Akinyemi on, on LinkedIn, you know, that's where you can. And then that way also anybody who needs any of our resource materials, we can always get them across to them. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for your time, Wale. It was a Thank real you. pleasure to have you. I had fun. I hope you had as much fun. <laughs> I had as you. much fun as you. This is our work. You know, we do work to have fun. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much for sharing all your wisdom with our listeners. You're welcome. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Thank you too. Bye-bye. All right, Francine. Yeah. If you are a purpose-driven entrepreneur and are struggling to attract and enroll your ideal client, apply to a complimentary mini brand audit session with me so I can look at where you are at with your brand, where you want to be, and together we'll look at the biggest things that are getting in your way of building the business you're dreaming of. Go to francinebelly.com slash audit, that's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E, B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash audit. I only have few spots open every week, so you want to go there right now. So thank you for listening. The show notes of this episode of Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelly.com slash podcast, with all the references and resources shared on the show. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to show your love and support, share it with your friends and colleagues on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the app where you are listening to this podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. And leave me also a cool review because it's going to mean that a lot of people are going to see that and it's going to help me spread this message to many more people. I will see you next week for another episode of this season six. Until then, dream, act, and make an impact. Lots of love.